Hey, everybody. Welcome to Slip Angle. I can almost hear you. How loud is it in there? So uh, on the line is Alex Moss. We were going to try and do a show with him to talk about the status of Super K. Uh, but the, the buzzing you hear in the background is a turbocharged K-swap S2000 with a DCT uh, and a side exit exhaust. So uh, I don't know that we're actually going to be able to hear Alex. Maybe if I get a chance, I'll give him a call tomorrow during the lunch break where he'll have some time to talk. Alex, does that yeah. sound good? I, I'm having a real hard time hearing you. <laughs> All right. Well, well uh, I will talk to you hopefully tomorrow. You guys drive safe. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Slip Angle Show. Uh, this is day two of the One Lap of America coverage. On the line, I have my former co-driver from 2016, James Hodges who I met uh, doing autocross way, way back in the day. And I roped him into one lap, and now he's done it a bunch of times, and I've done it only once. Uh, he started with a 5th Gen Camaro Z28 and now is driving a ZL1 1LE, which is very fast. James, it's day two. How are things going? First, I need to say uh, thank you for being the drug dealer that uh, dealt me this uh and a crack that I can't seem to break. Well, you know what? Uh, I uh, I have my own problem, which is that I'm not there. And uh, if you recall, I turned down a drive with you, I think, in 2016 or in 2017, which was a mistake, yeah. and I regret it. Uh, but I also turned down an opportunity to do media this week uh, with Paul Ellardson from Boosted Films because the schedules didn't work. And uh, yeah. I don't want to not go again. So uh, I'm going to try and figure things yeah, out for next year. What's that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely get back out here on the circuit. Um, I don't know that I'll ever have the means to try and put forth a, a truly winning program. But uh, we were considering like a, uh, a K-Swap Honda Fit as a really, really fun car to rip around in. So that might be fun. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be good. And I think one thing that I'm realizing that to go into one lap expecting to win, you need to have a big button. Yeah, so... Destroy your car and yourself. Yeah, no, that's, that's kind of absolutely true. And uh, you can practically, I think you could do the event on a you know on a bare bones budget you could probably do the event for five thousand dollars maybe six including all your supplies but like if you are planning to modify a lower end car in an attempt to win uh you could spend an endless amount of money and the alternative approach is to buy a very very fast factory car but i would argue that the fastest car you could get for the money is actually what you're driving Yeah, yeah, I think it's a, a, a great, this car will get you a great adventure. It'll get you where you need to be. Uh, driver talent can get you to that next level, and beyond that, it comes down to, you know, 
how daring are you going to be? So tell me how the first two uh, days have gone. So um, they have not gone as good as I thought they would go. Um, the autocross is always the old, sorry, let me start with the wet skid pad. Uh, the last two years, I've done really well on the wet skid pad. And then this year, just, uh, I didn't make it happen. I think we were 27 on the wet. Um, I think it's a combination of too aggressive on the first direction and then not aggressive enough on the reverse direction. Um, and then going from there. And then going into the autocross, um, going the first run, and then made marketable improvements on runs two and three to break into the, uh, I think it's 49s for us, or something like that. 46s? No, 46s. Um, and, you know, the, the field the field is full of some super autocrossers. Yeah, that's so absolutely I knew true. That, yeah, so I had low expectations for that one just from the get-go and try to just focus more inward on the, the GT2 uh, class. Um, so we did okay, but um, I think we came in, I don't remember, like third or fourth Shots put down an absolute flyer on his last, or an absolute hero run on his last run. Um, there's a kind of an unknown uh, Camaro team from Florida that's just wreaking uh, havoc with their SS. And then uh, Solomon's got Billy Johnson driving the GT500. And for those that don't know, Billy Johnson's the designer of the GT500. So uh, pretty, pretty yeah. quick. Yeah. So a lot of talent. Uh, so autocross, we were going to be humbled anyway. Uh, going well, into I, I think it's important for a second for anyone listening. James, James is not a slouch at autocross. You are, you're a very talented autocrosser, but this field of one lap happens to just be rich with national level talent autocross capability. Yes, yes, exactly that. Uh, and and just and then pro drivers this year too. So yep. it's it, it's probably the hardest year of one lap I've seen with so many big names. So I'm starting to dial back some of those expectations and just just see how fun it is I can run with some of these big dogs. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Adam and I were attempting to like make a list of top ten or excuse me top five teams, and like uh, as we made our list. The, the list of teams that would legitimately be in the top five was like eight teams long. And we were like, well, yeah. how could you possibly like know which one's not going to make it? Because this is wild. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's just kind of like, let's sit back and watch how this goes down um, and help um, some new friends of ours kind of get through it and uh, just enjoy seeing the, the tracks that we're going to see and, you know, still put a good you know, a good effort forward, but uh, I'm not going to think I'm going to beat some people that do this for a living. Right. Um, so you're making your way to Eagles Canyon tomorrow. Is that a track that you've driven before? I have not. So I, I've studied the map a little bit, but I need to I need to study a lot more because Eagles Canyon's got elevation. And you can go hard on a track where you can see the whole track. Right. You know, from the get-go, but when you've got elevation... It kind of it kind of messes with your eyes. Well, that so reminds me. A couple years study. back, you did um, you did one lap, and you may have been in the Z twenty eight, but you were at Road Atlanta, and I think that yeah. that was your first time at Road Atlanta, which is uh, 
that's like a scary track to learn uh, when when you have to go right now. Tell me what that was like. Yeah, it was it was just go bonsai over the over the hill and hope <laughs> that the track was still there. And everything in your body as you approach turn eleven is saying you need to stop, you need to stop. But then you you're trying to fly over it, and until you just fly over it the first time and convince every bit of your body that it's going to be there, you, you don't know. Well, the, once the, you do it, you're good. The crazy thing I I think about Road Atlanta is at least when I was driving my car, uh, as you make your way up the hill uh, into Turn Eleven and go under the bridge, um, your line of sight, like the car, is pointed pointed toward the sky. And yeah, it's yeah. not until you crest that you even know like where the road is. It's a it's a really strange feeling. Yeah, totally bizarre. Um, but that's that's and that's kind of what I'm worried about. Eagles Canyon tomorrow is is some of that and, and tippy-toeing over things. So we'll study tonight and then just gonna have to drive it and just go from there. So. Um, uh, for anyone not familiar, you've got a ZL1 1LE that is running in the stock class. Uh, what, if any, changes have you made to set up the car to run better for track? Are you running like the GM track spec uh, setup? Yeah, alignment's all I've pretty much played with. Um, I think I've, I was able to get three degrees up front and then 1.7 in the rear and just hold into that for the most part uh, I, I don't want to go too much either way either direction uh, but I think after this year the car is ready for some, some changes some power changes some, some different pads um, running stock two years in a row it's it's time to now add something to the, the recipe gotcha um, and what about the tire choice for the week what are you running and what's the you know what's the spec Michelin uh, PS4s. Uh, it's, it's a 300 treadwear tire. It's the safe rain tire, as everyone calls it. Um, and it kind of goes back to that, you know, is the tire going to... Every track is new for you, so is the tire really going to be what holds you back? That's, um, that's an interesting thought. Um, I've been uh, talking with Andy and Alex Moss, and they're running on the AO52. Yeah. And last yes. year, they... In testing, they found that um, the, uh, the the Yokohama wasn't very slow uh, in the rain relative to what they thought the 4S was in the dry, um, and so they were like, "Well, let's let's just run it because the rain, the the AO52 in the rain doesn't hurt us as much as we thought." And uh, yep. they're what was it? They were top ten on the wet skid, which is really impressive. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I'd love to run that tire, but with a 4,000-pound vehicle, um, it would just chew through those tires too fast. Yeah, probably. Uh, but I think, I think for their size, their car, that's a perfect setup for them. Um, there is a GTR run in the Yokos, and we're all kind of watching to see how that works out throughout the week. Man. Uh, because that's another heavy car, and uh, we'll see. So uh, through the, the rest of the week, what track are you looking forward to driving the most? Uh, honestly, I'd say Gingerman and Summit. Um, you, now, you've driven least, Summit before, so that'll be yeah, we, fresh. It's a really fast yeah. track, but, like, uh, having driven it at least once on one lap, you, you're you at yep. an advantage compared to some. 
Yes, and I, I want to try to use that. And then Gingerman is just such a beautiful track, man. Uh, yeah, I know you, you've been plenty of times with Life Crew. Um, I just I like that track a lot. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good place to to really learn to drive at the limit. Um, because if you if you go over the limit, usually it's it's okay. And so for yeah, one lap, I think exactly. it's it's exciting for that because it it brings the risk down a little bit, even though you can attack the track. Exactly that, and it's at the end too, so it's you just got to limp it home. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I mean, you're in a stock car. If anything happens, it will be purely like warrantable equipment yeah 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 it's just trying to get that those parts to wherever we're at yeah maybe uh, a challenge so what do you think um you know what what have has been your biggest surprise like just as a as a participant and spectator of what's going on up at the front um i think my biggest surprise is just how many people are swinging for the fences Normally, you know, you got your, your couple folks that are repeating. So you got uh, Brandon hold, trying to hold his title down for net for this year. You know, Andy Smedegar is always a top contender. You got Robert and Chris Lewis. They're uh, trying to repeat because they both won it once on their own vehicles. And now they're, you know, the unstoppable duo. Um, so those are those right there. And then you throw Tomo into the mix with, uh, with uh, Loudon. And Tomo's just been absolutely like assassinating things um so it's where did he come from and then uh billy johnson's kind of creeping up so it's, it's surprising to see all the people that have said you know we're not going to go with the safe tire choice we're not going to go with the safe setup option and we're just gonna we're here go. to win um yeah and then again brian peters and and, and john hogan i think they're the quiet uh, assassins with that absolutely beast of a car that John's got, and uh, they just keep creeping up to the front, doing little things here and there. So uh, once we get the road courses fully going, because we didn't get a full road course today because of the rain, um, I think you'll start to see some folks stretch some legs a little bit more. But it's it is surprising to see how many folks are are vying for the top. Well, so it's you know obviously it's impossible to predict the 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 unexpected items that will happen throughout the week but tom and steve have a 40 point lead on super k uh which um on the track side uh if that car is running okay i would be surprised if they give up a 40 point lead and so to me that means the wild card is the dry skid pad because that's the place where a 40 point swing could just that could that's easy to see on the skid pad yeah, 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 absolutely. Bring a week. Um, but how will those tires hold up after a week, right? Yeah. Uh, will there be anything left to have it hold grip? So, yeah, you're right. That skid pad could, uh, it could come down to the skid pad. And we've shown many cars, including myself, to use that skid pad to, to just move up one or two places at the last minute. Yeah. People just sort of like, oh, we're done. I just got to run around this circle and I, and I win. And, uh, you know, you go hard all the way to the end. Well, I was I was thinking about it this morning, and uh, on many of the road courses, a, a a particularly talented driver can make up places. But if everyone is at the front is talented, 
then it's really difficult to create gaps. Uh, yeah. But on the dry skid pad, it almost exclusively comes down to the car and the tire. And yep. uh, that, in terms of the driver, is out of their control. And so, you know, yep. if, if Moss, for example, gets uh, through the event on tires that are good, uh, I, I think he could really challenge the Corvette because that car has custom arrow and, and a, certainly a grippier tire if it survives. Yep, yep. So yeah, uh, I uh, appreciate you taking the time on the phone. Good luck tomorrow at Eagles Canyon. Uh, if you guys don't mind, I might check in with you throughout the week and see how things are going. Yeah, please do. Please do. Drive safe, guys. Cool. Thanks, Dave. Talk to you later. Hello. Welcome Hello. back to the Slip Angle Show. Hello. I'm here with the... One and only Tom O'Gorman and Adam Jabay. Oh, hi, guys. It's, uh, it's day two of One Lap of America, and Tom and Steve are in the lead. Woo! Yeah, what are you doing right, Tom? What are you doing? I'm, uh, we just dubbed it Tom Sistency. That's the goal. <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> my, daughter, to... my daughter's climbing a tree, uh, so I'm worried about that right now, but I'm glad that I don't have to worry about you. <laughs> So, uh, Tom, you were at Memphis Motorsports Park today. This is the only place that you said that you had not driven. Uh, you did a recon lap on your bicycle. Do you think that it helped? Oh, do we lose Tom? Probably. But if I also did a lot of YouTubing. I would say that the, the notorious Tom here. It's doing great. Hello? Hey, Tom, can you hear us? Am I not here? <laughs> Please stand by for technical difficulties. Uh, that will happen. That will happen. I'm sure he'll dial back in in a second. Uh, My kid's upside down over a sidewalk. I'm so concerned, Abe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, yeah, climbing trees, man. She's seven. Seven-year-olds do that stuff. Dude, I remember when uh, I first got involved with grid life, and she was like just a two-year-old, you know? She was, Yeah, she was one or two then. All right, so I'm going to try and dial Tom back in. Yeah, ring that man. He's ring. probably in, like, Oklahoma somewhere. Yeah, could they, be. They haven't, they haven't heard of cell phone yet. How about now? It's hey, better. That sounds good. Where, where are you at, Tom? Are you in Oklahoma? We are in Texas. Texas? Already? Oh, man. Wow. Yeah, their, yeah. Power grids, their power grid is different. Their cell phone network's probably different. You know, everything's broken over there. Yeah, I don't know. I think the world doesn't want me to be on this podcast so bad this week, but you, we're going to do it, blame, damn it. Blame it on Yarbrough, dude. So, I should, yeah, I uh, Tom, you're in the lead, and that is awesome. Um, tell me about what happened today, because you said you had some stories. Yeah, so uh, we were at Memphis today. I don't. Did you hear my Tom consistency pun, or was I off for that? You did. It was great. It worked out well. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know because you didn't laugh, so now I had to make sure it was hilarious. I think we, I think we did, but we, we, we did, but you're a cell phone drunk. Got it. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we were in Memphis today, um, and like you said, it was the only track I've not been to. So, it was What's the that one track like of, for people that have never been there? Like, is it, uh, uh, it's part it's a, drag strip. Yeah, it's a drag strip, uh, then a big carousel, then a slalom S's, uh, like autocross slalom. And then another turn back onto the drag strip. Is it all flat? No banking or anything? No, the carousel's got some banking. There's a little bit of elevation up the drag strip and then back down uh, through the like autocrossy slalom thing. 
Okay. But, I mean, maybe 30 feet elevation total. Oh, wow. That's more than I would imagine. Yeah, it, it was all right. Wore okay. me out on my bike. I'm going to blame the elevation and not my physical condition. <laughs> Too much sim racing, man. <laughs> yeah, I know, for real. Uh, so, yeah, we were uh, basically the, the like big mystery coming in was what they were going to do about the weather situation because it's on a drag strip and the VHT is a problem in the web. Uh, Rock Yates decided to preemptively uh, solve that problem by turning it into a track sprint style event. So a standing start and a flying finish uh, with maybe 75% of the track used. So we started just past the VHT and finished uh, right before the final, like she came uh, back before the final corner. So right, just eliminate the, the prep area of the drag strip. Yeah, the crazy part is because they wanted to kind of get us out of there before the heavy weather rolled in as well, they decided to make it a three run competition and all three runs counted to make up for the canceled drag race too. So. Oh, wow. We did three timed runs and every single one of them counted. So it was like, you literally could not slip up, could not make a mistake. And the first one, I mean, we got a recon run before every single run. So I guess technically it was kind of a six run pod, but every single time the timer was running, it counts, uh, which is, you know, that's kind of how one lap works, right? So right. Uh, the first run was dry, but obviously our first run, uh, so we got third behind the Super K guys and then Andy Hollis, uh, who has been here quite a bit and uh, seems to really like that track, uh, which I was a little disappointed in, to be honest, I, I, but I knew where the time was. So the second pod uh, runs, which was also dry, uh, we took first, uh, knocked off like a, almost a second, I think, actually. Nice. Uh, then the third pod they conveniently delayed lunch and extended lunch slightly and kind of drugged their feet a little bit. And I think it was intentional to make sure it was raining. <laughs> they, <laughs> they started they started the third segment of runs like right as this the rain was scheduled to come in. And then because it wasn't raining hard enough, they kind of delayed grid a little bit longer and then let us go in the rain. So we got the recon run in the wet, in the wet and then uh, moved on to the competition run. And that was like, holy cow never really seen this before but the track wasn't that bad and uh, we took second to a uh, all-wheel drive Porsche 911 turbo in that one uh, which given a standing start and the different cars I'm okay with that so went pretty good so uh long long transit on its way to Texas or where you're going in Texas what's your ETA for tomorrow or your ETA to the the hotel for tonight so we actually got to leave it like, I don't know, it was like, I think it was only like 1, 1 or 1.30. Um, our ETA without dinner would have been about 8.30. It was 530 miles. Um, but because we're all happy with how it's going, we're stopping for steak. It's just north of Dallas. <laughs> awesome. Are you going to get one of those steaks where, like, if you eat the whole thing, like, it's for it's free? Or, like, what's your plans? I think I'm going to order Andy one of those and see what happens. Or maybe Alex Moss, maybe. I don't know. Who do you think I should order one of those? I don't want to do it. That's uh, steak and margaritas. That does sound nice. Did you did you stop for margaritas last night, too? We did, yeah. We got some margaritas last night. Um, unfortunately, the S2000 was, uh, with their 100-mile fuel range, a little behind us. That thing we did that can only go 100 miles. Holy cow. Man. Oh, we lost time again. Yeah, we'll, we'll get him back. Am I it, here? It's a, it's a consequence of doing back? calls on one lap, in and out of uh, service. 
Yeah, Tom, I think we can hear you okay. How about now? Yeah, you're good. Okay. So, uh, uh, Eagles Canyon tomorrow, uh, any any differences in setup or strategy, or if the weather's looking good, you just go as hard as you can? Well, I forgot about until we left. So, uh, one of the best parts of today, though, uh, Steve, my teammate, uh, Steve Loudon, called ahead to all the tracks coming through the event because the Corvette has to run on at least 98 octane fuel on track. So he called ahead to find out if they had at least that hocking. I didn't plug our fuel economy around the tracks with no fuel, playing on us with no fuel. And building the car back in the trail and back behind the track and to make sure. And we got Memphis at the Memphis this morning and they didn't have any fuel. I don't know who we talked to that they told us I had fuel, but they had nothing. So oh, that's a bummer. We're like, shit, we don't know what to do. Oh, sorry, crap, we don't know what to do. <laughs> and uh, and uh, turns out it's right next to an airport. And he asked one of the locals where maybe my people get fuel. And they said, well, the airport's right over there. So he goes and checks, and the airport has 100 octane low lead airport uh, airplane fuel. So he goes over, and in order to buy the fuel, you have to put in a tail number for the plane. And his dad used to fly planes, so he put in his dad's tail number, uh, who has long since not flown, uh, <laughs> had it by memory, put it in, bought us 100 octane low lead fuel, and came back over and we put it in the car with our fingers crossed that low lead is low enough that we didn't trigger any sort of warnings in the Corvette. And so far, we're good. But uh, I thought that was the yeah, coolest the, thing. The lead shouldn't be a problem. It, uh, yeah. you, you don't want to do high lead because it can like coat the oxygen sensor and like mess stuff up. But yeah, low lead's fine. Right. And we thought, you know, 10 yeah, gallons should, should be the end of the world. But. So, yeah, that was our, our final surprise that we dodged, which on top of finding loose control arm bolts two days ago, we've had our close calls so far, but we are uh, still okay. Man, that's uh, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so back to your, normal, your previous question, Eagles Canyon, it's going to be 80 degrees and sunny tomorrow. That's what we tested in a two, couple months ago. Uh, the biggest question is temperature. We tested in like 70 to 60 to 70 degree weather, and it's going to be in the mid to high 80s tomorrow. So I'm a little worried about rear grip on especially like the third lap <laughs> in the afternoon. But um, I think in the afternoon we're running the short course, which means a little bit less time on the rear tires. So I'm just going to try to be consistent with no mistakes. I was really happy with the test that we did here before and feel really confident with the track. So this is when we're kind of hit, other than the autocross, this is when we're kind of hitting my comfort stride, uh, to be honest. So that's good. Well, that's great. Um, yeah. Enjoy. Uh, Adam, do you have any more questions for Andy or for, for Tom? Uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm kicking a ball to some dogs at the neighbor's house right now. So I'm just glad Tom's doing well. Yeah, it's uh, you've got a you've got a forty point lead, which um, you know I was I was talking on a segment with one of my other buddies just a minute ago. Uh, forty points on track is is hard to lose if your if your car is mechanically good and you're driving well. Um, and so you know, depending on how this week works out for you, you may actually like uh, make it all the way to the dry skid pad before anything really exciting happens. 
Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I'm hoping for because I know that skid pad is really a crapshoot, especially with some of the other cars. I mean, there's like a Lotus on Yokohama's, there's a GTR on Yokohama's, there's some cars that if they make it to the end could really upset the Apple cart. So I'm hoping for a bit of padding coming into that skid pad because I know we could easily be 25th, but we could also be fifth and who knows. Yeah, and that's that's the craziest thing. Um, that's the craziest thing about it. Okay, uh, Tom, I think we're going to drop you here and give Andy Hollis a call. Go for it. Tell him I said hi. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Drive oh, safe. And compliment compliment his performance in the wet. He said that he was a little shaken going into wet stuff recently, and he killed it today. Awesome. Yeah, looked really looked really solid. So yeah, good yep. job so far, right, dude. See you guys. Steve, we said hey, and good job with the uh, with the day, and hope your travels are smooth. Thanks. See ya. Hello, sir. How are you doing today? Good. Just just peachy. I'm back in the great state of Texas, so, uh, you know, it doesn't get any better than this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's not raining. <laughs> um, so yesterday when we talked to you, uh, you had said that there was uh, check engine light in a certain, like, low rev uh, condition. Has that uh, given you any problems today? Uh, it just disappeared about an hour ago. It's completely unpredictable. Yeah, right. Well, so the way those codes work is it needs to continue to see the condition for X amount of time. And if it doesn't see it anymore, um, it'll eventually just, uh, just you know, it'll turn the check engine light off. Now, the code is still stored inside the computer. Um, but uh, so it's in, that just means that it has not seen the condition again. Um, so and I checked it a couple of times during the day when we were racing at the track and all. And it was fine. So it uh, looks at the moment, fingers crossed. Um, like that was uh, uh, just a little false alarm. Well, that's, I mean, that's fantastic uh, that the car is coming back together. Um, today, uh, you got some dry runs and some wet runs, and uh, yep. you did really, really well. Now in uh, P3 overall. And uh, yeah, in good company good on the podium that. right now. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, and you're, you're in good, uh, excuse me, in good company on the podium right now with Tom and Andy Smedegard and Alex Moss. So a uh, strong group this year. Yeah, you know, I, re- I felt really good about the, uh, the dry runs especially. Um, I was kind of bummed that we didn't get to run the whole track because uh, it suits my car really well and my driving really well. Um, and I know I could have potentially even taken P1, um, you know, at least one of the sessions. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, I'm also kind of bummed that we didn't get to run the drag race for exactly the same reason. Right. My car is pretty darn fast. And in the, at least in the ET drag, uh, it's actually pretty consistent in the uh, bracket stuff when I don't red light. Um, but uh, so I'm bummed we didn't get to do those things. But I feel like, you know, I got good points out of Memphis um, when it was, you know, when I heard it was going to rain and all, I was thinking, eh, I'm not sure this is going to end well for me. Um, and I did take it a little easy on the third run when it was wet, you know, because uh, um, I didn't want to risk the off situation because it's one of those risk reward deals where, you know, you, yeah, maybe you push a little harder and you gain a second on that single lap, but you might also spin and lose 10 to 20 seconds getting back onto the track. Sure. Um, and it's just not worth that, um, at least to me at this point in the week, uh, to, to do that. So, so um, discretion um, being the better part of Valor, I, I chose to take it a little easy. So uh, a couple of years ago, you had an incident in the rain, and I don't want to talk about that at all. What I do want to talk about is just how you – 
you know, how do you get yourself prepared mentally to go out, out in a in a similar type of situation and kind of like clear your mind from from what happened before? Um, I actually had nothing. Well, so first off, um, that thing wasn't even on my mind. What was on my mind, something we didn't talk about the other night. We did a test day at Gingerman here the other day, um, uh, the day before uh, one lap actually started. Uh, a bunch of us went up there, and it uh, it was wet in the morning. In the very first lap, the very uh, first session, I uh, put it off in turn three. <laughs> so did, uh, by just so uh, not not slowing enough and just going straight off, or uh, uh, oversteering yeah, on the exit. Happened. Yeah, I, I just my brain wasn't really in gear yet, and then I just kind of broke way too late, and and just you know how that track can be, and and I and I actually know the rain line there because I've run there before in the rain, um, and so uh, I just kind of spaced on it, and so anyway, that was actually weighing more heavily on my mind than the incident from 2019. Um, but now to answer your question, I mean, what do you do? Uh, you you just focus on what you're going to do. You know, like you have a plan, um, and. Uh, you know, in my case, uh, in the dry, the car launches really hard and, and down that front straight is just making, you know, putting power down like crazy. Well, in the wet, you can't do that. So I couldn't lose launch control. I had to, you know, pedal it with my foot, uh, manually shift it all the way down and, and just try to find grip uh, where, you know, how much is there, you know, all the way. So I couldn't use full power of the car. Um, and then the other part, part, of course, is that your braking point all changes because you're not going as fast. Um, and so, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're having to kind of play that dynamically. Now, the good news is that the way the format works, you always get a recon lap um, to sort of feel it out. And then the second the second go round is the one that actually counts. So you sort of get one practice lap um, to sort of feel how much grip is there and trot. Because that's the other part is that you need to figure out where, you know, is there a rain line at this particular track? You know, do you need to stay, uh, you know, a car width off of the apexes or something? Is, it, is the surface polished? And part of what I did you know, before we went out, right when it first started drizzling a little harder, I went out to the track in a couple of turns I could get to quickly with walking to see was there polish you know on the surface near those apexes and in fact there was in the section I could get to now as it turns out on the recon lap I figured out that in the great big huge sweeper at the far end there wasn't because there was plenty of grip right inside on the tight line so uh, I was able to kind of put those two things together and have an approach where here's what I'm going to do on the straight, here's what I'm going to do in that turn. Um, and then on the sections where uh, it's polished, I'll just have to take it easy on the speed and, and get through there. And that's kind of what I did. So in the uh, in the track co- uh, cross type of running, uh, were the recons long enough to get any kind of appreciable temperature into the tire? Or were you kind of going out at the start just basically on cold tires? So interestingly, the tires that, that most of us are running, these 300 treadwear stuff, so like the Continental Extreme Contact Sport or the Michelin Pilot Sport 4S, like I run, um, don't need a lot of temperature. In fact, typically, if you do like three laps in a row, the first lap is usually faster. The second lap is maybe a half a second uh, to a second slower. And then the third lap is maybe another half a second slower than that. Um, so they don't like a lot of heat. So in fact, what I tend to do in the dry when I'm not trying to figure out where the grip is, um, is I'm actually just pumping the brakes to get the heat into the brakes, but not putting energy, much energy into the tires cornering force wise. Now, when it's wet, the opposite is true. The water is cooling the tire off the whole time. So you actually can use it as a recon lap, literally just like a practice lap, you know, pushing it a little, you know, maybe you're driving 105% 
5% or something like that, or at least trying to see if you can drive 105% to see where those limits are and then use that information um, on the actual lap that, uh, that counts. So uh, on your way to Eagles Canyon, uh, I presume you've driven there a decent amount. Is that is that right? That is true, although I have only really um, a couple of sessions there on this type of tire. So I've done, I've run up there a bunch with uh, stickier tires, um, and uh, this car on that surface is a little edgy because it's a brand new pavement as of about a year ago. And it really, I mean, it, it hasn't seasoned in as quickly as a number of us thought it would. Um, so it still makes a lot of noise, really squealy, uh, very edgy and stuff. And then when you add to that, the 300 treadwear tire, um, it's a little dicier um, than, uh, than, than, it, than it first presents itself. So I'm actually gonna be interested to watch other people, what they do. Um, but yeah, I know the lines very, very, very well. Uh, it's just more a matter of keeping the car right at the limit. Um, for the whole for the whole lap. What does uh, what does the weather look like for tomorrow? Oh, hi, Andy. Perfect. This is Adam. Perfect. Hey, Adam. How are hey. I? I figured it for the voice. Uh, either that or, or Adam suddenly, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, whatever. It's, it's, but, uh, uh, it's soundboard Adam. Soundboard Adam. Yeah, yeah, Abe's yeah, got yeah. control of my uh, of what I ask. So. I see. So there's, um, no, the weather is, is gorgeous. It's going to be a high of 87. Um, nice. And sunny. And it's like almost 0% chance of rain. Um, nice. So, yeah, no, it's looking really, really, really good. A, a, a typical central Texas um you know quote spring well i think that's uh, uh day because it, it, it's almost summer you know in central texas yeah, right? we are getting uh, cell phone so... babe we're getting cell phoned you sound like a robot for a second but yeah typical typ what's going on every, everybody sounds like a robot but typical uh typical I sound texas like a robot? day okay. you'll have a good day tomorrow okay thanks a lot yeah, andy yeah we're really looking forward to the, to the weather uh, we'll probably give you a call uh, tomorrow and see how things are going after the track uh, goes cold. Okay, sounds great. Right. We really appreciate you on the show. All right, bye now. Hello. Hey, Adam. Hey, man. Let's see if uh, Scott Robertson will join the call. I'll bet he won't because he's a jerk. Probably. Uh, he was somebody was. <laughs> oh, look, it's Scott Robertson. Hey, buddies, give me just it's so a loud when we talk to you. <laughs> it's like it's like Scott's not in a McLaren or a brand new car. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a buzzy K series motor in a Miata. I, I was talking to Chris Sullivan, who was actually shooting pictures for Scott. Um, and he was like, the two most heavily modified cars are Scott and Andy and Alex. <laughs> and, yeah, we, and they're like, yeah, so they're we, crazily modified. We were, literally, we were literally talking about that, how race cars make terrible one-lap cars. And Becky had the quote of the event so far. The, this has always been the car that we've had. And it's been such kind of a progression we only really realized today that we have a race car and, <laughs> just today um, just like literally just today like as we're looking for spare parts for this and that's like we've officially gotten to the point where like spare parts you can't really buy off of a shelf anymore no so, you're basically driving a, a mazda nascar right now yeah yeah so, yeah. So, uh, first day on track for you, um, 
you you said you kind of had some some nerves to work out uh, following events over the last couple of weeks. Tell me about how your day went. Ah, we lost him. Well, I can tell you how his day went. He's super stressed right now, and he's driving two extra hours to buy a different hub for the front of his car. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, <sighs> if he picks back up, I can uh, uh, I can let him tell the story. But. Um, yeah, we've uh, we've had a chance yeah. to... Hey, are you still there, Scott? No, he just dropped off. Hey, there he is. All right, there he is. Uh, you said something about day two. Oh, you... yeah. How's uh, how's day two? Uh, breakfast day, yeah. Um, so, uh, weather certainly played a factor this morning. They decided early, and I think correctly, that uh, we were not going to run the full road course at Memphis because of the DHT on the drag strip. Um, I'm sure some of the other guys have talked about that, too. So we basically did a point-to-point sprint. Uh, they kept their really short. So basically, how how fast did you get going into one, and how much speed could you carry through there? Uh, I went out right. uh, feeling pretty good about our first go. You get a sight lap, and then a hot lap, and then that's it. So I went out on our sight lap. Uh, you know, broke a little bit early, turned in, and then all of a sudden, I hit what felt like a dip, and the car started breaking on its own. And um, so I went to actually use my brake, and I didn't have a brake pedal, and things were bad. Like something, something was wrong. So I pulled in instead of going, and um, we jacked up the car real quick, and the wheel had to five degrees of vertical play in it. So we quick took the wheel off, took the caliper off, took the rotor off, which was scorching hot, and found that the Miata uh, hubs hub, um, that there's a little sleeve that goes on over the stock uh, stud, and that was not installed. Right. Yeah, so uh, they, they literally forgot to put that on, huh? Yeah, uh, and you can, you can put the nut as tight as you want. It's just not going to work. It's hard to believe but, that it lasted so long, too. I'm, I'm completely bored. Right. So we, we had an OEM spare that we put on. We didn't make it for the first event. So that was our first DMS of any one-lap event. It's kind of a bummer. Um, Got it set for go two, uh, round two. So it's, it was everybody else's second time. It was our first time that we got 36 overall. Um, and then went into the last time and then it started raining and it was raining pretty good by the time we were there. We ended up 44 and I kind of threw it away in the, one of the big breaking zones. Um, but seating, I talked to Brock, seating is based on the second one. So we'll be right around uh, another car in our class, the uh, old Porsche Boxer Team Unicorn, which are good buddies. So uh, hopefully we'll get to give them some good chase. Good. So you're, so you're still alive. Everything's good. You're rolling. You're getting a new hub. Yep, we are. We 
between the time of the team that we are going to add two hours to our overall transit to go to Oklahoma City, where fellow competitor Chris Lewis uh, also races endurance Miatas as a brand new Miata hub on his shelf that he is waiting for us. And uh, we just, we decided that two extra hours for quite a bit of peace of mind is well worth it. So, I tried to convince you otherwise, but uh, but you're doing it. So do it, baby. Yeah, do it. We, we were having trust issues to begin with, and it's just since we got out early because we didn't run the drag events, because right. let's just do it. Get, so, get it done. We'll get it installed tomorrow. With we'll those uh, two extra hours, what time are you expected at the hotel tonight? Um, uh, probably right around. Probably just before midnight, I would guess. That's not, not, um, not terrible. Like, like typical no. grid, typical grid life bedtime or, or earlier. Yeah, that's really cool to see a fellow racer just have the parts and be like, yeah, just go pick them up. No big deal. <laughs> that's awesome. One, so. one, lab, one lab are the best people. Um, right. Yeah, we... we, uh, we one lab really share a lot of, like, sharing the struggle and try to help everybody through it so that we can do this together. Yeah, and Chris and Robert have uh, have ran a bunch of grid life stuff, especially in the drift world. Uh, they they both drifted at uh, Alpine, so yeah, good to see good to see grid life and one lap competitors just helping out grid life and one lap competitors. So. Yeah, they've been great. It's been been really fun uh, having Tom along. Uh, yeah, it's great to see one lap buddies from. Yeah, it's been two years since we've seen a lot of these people. And, it's uh, two years is too long, so right. you know, get your damn shot and wear your damn mask, and uh, I want to keep doing this every year. Well, I hope your hope your drive is boring and easy, man. Uh, we, we sincerely hope that as well. Drive yeah. safe, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Absolutely, thanks, guys. Good luck at Eagles Canyon, buddy. For sure, thank you. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. I'm adding Hi. Adam Jabay to this call. Let's see, let's see if we can do this. Cool. So uh, you're day two into one lap. Uh, on the line is Chris Sullivan, uh, grid life photographer and uh, media crew for Robertson Racing this year at One Lap of America. This is your first one lap. What's it going like? Uh, it's pretty awesome. I'm enjoying it a lot. How's your Tahoe XL or Yukon XL? <laughs> it rules, man. <laughs> I may or may not have had the cruise set to 101 for about 30 or 40 miles. Oh, wow. Interesting. Allegedly. Yeah, you got the, you Allegedly. Got the nicest, you got the nicest ride on one lap right now. That uh, is for sure. By the yeah. way, you're being recorded, Chris. Yeah, I kind of figured. We uh, We just talked to Scott and Becky, and when you talk to Scott, 
uh, in the Miata, it sounds like you're talking to a World War II B-17 pilot. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> because he's basically driving a NASCAR with a K-Series. Right. So, right. Yeah. A baby yeah. NASCAR. It's crazy talking to, like, uh, Tomo in, like, a brand-new car and Andy Hollis in a brand-new car. Uh, versus him, so yeah, it's a they are putting themselves through something this so week. So yeah. on this uh, leg, they're headed to Oklahoma. Are you following them, or are you just going straight to Texas? We're going straight to Texas with, uh, you know, they can call us if they need us. It was one of those things where it's like, well, we could probably use the time to edit and get some sleep. So, so uh, what's uh, you, what's, hey, what's, what's the, the rules? What's the rules for like helping if you're not in the event? Also. Uh, it, you're you're not allowed a support vehicle, so right. um, I think Scott has to basically be the lead mechanic and the lead on everything. But can can like like if he needs like a, a, a something or whatnot, can like uh, Sully bring it to him or no? I don't think so. I'm not like positive. Another, on, I thought another one lap car had to bring it. That could be true. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I mean we. I, I had a little care package for those guys of uh, K Power Parts, and I made sure to deliver that to him in the beginning so he could carry it. Yeah, just in case, right? Yeah, yeah. Not, so, not like the old, not like the rally race that I did years ago with Rally Matt, where we had to leave the oil in the middle of the road because <laughs> <laughs> you're not allowed to service the car in the transits. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, yeah. Chris, what is the uh, what's the media strategy like? What what specifically are you doing this week, and like, what are you trying to do each day? Fuck shit up. <laughs> Word. Yeah, it's kind of you know, I don't know, just shoot as much as I can. I'd, I'd like to uh, put something out of kind of the entire experience after. Yeah. So uh, it, it seems like it's an event that hasn't been like photographed the way that uh, that you shoot an event, which is very cool to see. So. Yeah, I'm kind of excited about that. I, I feel like, uh, you know, grid life so media heavy that I feel like if we can do it, we do it. Grid life here, it'll it'll go a long way. So uh, I don't know what you have planned for it, but I might suggest that it would live on Tracktune. Yeah, that that's kind of the plan. So this that's excellent. So. Yeah. Um, as as you kind of get set up in the morning, um, tell me about the difference uh, in in strategy for an event like this versus you know something that you do at Grid Life where you get multiple days to get what you want. Right, right. Um, it, it definitely is just that it's it's a lot faster pace. Um, there isn't much time for messing around. We wake up early and in the car pretty much immediately and. Uh, the gentleman I am I'm riding with, uh, he's he's doing a bunch of video content, and while I'm driving, he's editing, and while I'm or when he's driving, I'm editing. So we're we're kind of just knocking all happens, that though. stuff out in transit. Yeah, it's nice. We have a full like mobile command center here. Are so, you uh, struggling with like enough um, internet bandwidth to do uploads and things, or is that pretty easy so far? We actually even have a pretty gnarly, like, Wi-Fi box thing. Oh, cool. That is uh, outside of my normal realm and a couple power inverters, and it's very uh, gumball. That that sounds pretty <laughs> pro. I know that yeah, yeah. Uh, Robert Thorne yeah. has been making video edits each day of what they're doing, and this morning had to that. drive around to, like, 
find enough internet to be able to upload a 15 minute video to YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that I, seems I, hard. I'm sure it's a challenge, but it's been really good for us so far. It, it really hasn't missed a beat, so. All right, well, you guys keep talking. I have to go inside, and my daughter is screaming about a pineapple, so I got that going for me, which is nice. <laughs> All right. So. All right, we'll have fun over in Texas or Oklahoma. Yeah, or thanks. You Appreciate it. So you guys are you guys are headed to Eagles Canyon. I'm sure that like 500 mile stints in your Yukon XL is like nothing. I'm sure it's just easy. Yeah, it's it's really relaxing. Uh, this thing's quite nice. I highly suggest if you have the means. <laughs> So. I, I bet it's I it's different, but I bet it's the same kind of experience that you get from driving like a brand new minivan where you have all the space and you can drive as fast as you want. And it's just it's just fine. Like, yeah, yeah if, if totally you're used like to driving a 20 year old Civic, if you get in a new luxury ish vehicle, it's like there there are no speed limits. You can go as fast as you want. And the car like isn't screaming. Yeah, yeah, it totally didn't care, and I was going pretty fast for a long time, and there was, I mean, most of the other cars were kind of going really fast, too, so it was uh, it was a nice experience. So one of the things that I really enjoy about the con- content that you have produced in the past is you do an awesome job, especially with, like, the paddock and grid. Um, those are some of my favorite shots that you do. What uh, for For this kind of event where everyone is really focused on themselves uh, at the track. Uh, How is it different to shoot? Um, It's actually a little easier because people kind of ignore me. And I mean, I have to tell you, I've had to tell you this a lot in the past, just ignore me. Um, But yeah, people for the most part ignore me and that makes my life a lot easier because better pictures happen when people aren't paying attention to the camera. Yeah, right. Well, it's, it's weird because one lap is a really... It's a it's an intensely social event, uh, but during the day, um, you know, the, it's it's so laser focused on making sure that things go right on the track. Um, right. That like the prime social interaction is, you know, maybe at dinner if things are going well, but like the, at the hotel at the start and the end of the entire event. Right. Right. Yeah. It. It definitely is a very social event. Everyone's been super nice. And I only know a handful of people here going into this, just, you know, the grid life buddies and stuff. But everyone's been super nice. And and exactly like you said, they, um, they you know, during the day, it's, it's, it's definitely business. So I, uh, I just got a text message from uh, Alex Moss, who uh, was talking a little bit. They had rigged up uh, before they left a... A sprayer, like a water sprayer for a radiator for the um, the, the DCT uh, setup. And okay. he had said that the temps were stable at 145 degrees F. And then when they uh, they activated the mister for three minutes and they dropped the temperature 12 degrees. So no way as it, um, you know, as it relates to being on track tomorrow, I have to imagine that they'll probably run that mister for the duration just to make sure that the trans is safe. Yeah, that's crazy. That's really impressive. Um, it's so cool to see that thing on the street, too. You know, I, I, I'm i sure they're close with the tuning for streetability, but I'm sure it's not perfect. Uh, uh, I did hear I, that uh, the range in the fuel tank is about 100 miles, so that's oh, kind of annoying. Oh, my God. Hey, that's probably kind of nice, though, when you think about it. it. It's probably an awful car to be in for extended periods of time, and 
that kind of breaks it up. Well, um, I don't want to keep you too long, but uh, I have a fantastic trip to Eagles Canyon, and I'm looking really forward to seeing all of the awesome shots you have this week. We'll probably yeah, check in lot, with buddy. you on another day or two. Yeah, please do. And uh, let's all do this one year. Yeah, I absolutely want to do this. I don't want to not do it ever again. Yeah, you know, you told me years ago that we should do this with my K-Fit, and I really, like, I, I see it now. It would be a great car to do this well, in. I, I don't know that it would be, like, a car to contend even in the top 20, but I bet if you wrung its neck, it would be way faster than people thought it should be. Yeah, totally. I And that's really all that car, the only reason that car exists. You know, it, it's... It, it's supposed to be a little better than it should be. So, so I'm, I love that idea. And, uh, if, uh, if that could be a slip angle, uh, campaign, I think that would be very cool. I agree. Let's do it. All right. Looking forward to it. Talk to you later, cool. buddy. Yeah. Thanks for uh, the call. See you, bud. All right. Hey guys, how's it going? Not too bad. It's just Abe here. Adam's, uh, dealing with, wife and crying kid ah, so all good all good thanks for uh for taking the call on day two um how did things go today a little different today um you know uh this is probably the first time i've i've done one lap and you know we we had to actually change the format at the track but with the weather coming in you know we had to do these uh, basically time trial events again and uh i guess I, you know, everything went well. Uh, Chris drove the car for the morning two sessions, but, you know, it was just a little different getting used to that. And uh, our times didn't didn't show as strongly as we'd hoped. But, you know, at the same time, probably probably not a big deal in the long run. And then on the third session, uh, yeah, the third session I got in the car. And, <laughs> of course, now it's the uh, I did not walk the track. I've never seen a video of it. It's raining, <laughs> and I've never driven a Corvette on the track. Well, there's nothing like being prepared, right? Yeah, so I felt really, really prepared. So <laughs> I went out and uh, it drove like a, you know, 11 tenths on my warm-up warm up lap to try and learn as much as possible and settled into a decent little run uh, for my, my main timed lap, and everything worked out okay. I think we ended up third in that session. So, so uh, some years back, you did one lap in a GTR uh, in a year that happened to be pretty wet. How would you compare driving a stock or stockish GTR to what you're driving today? Um, not not too different. You know, I guess on the GTR, you would think that I wouldn't have to worry about power down, but the GTR was so biased to rear-wheel drive that by the time the four-wheel drive came on, you were already, you know, hand over fist sideways. Um, so I guess you know, to answer your question, they didn't. They don't drive as different as I would have thought. And the, the Corvette is so soft in the back. It puts power down really well on those big 355 tires. And uh, I guess I was surprised how hard I could quickly push the car. So I, I was happy with it. So you guys, uh, let's see, I'm looking at results uh, right now. You guys, I think, are sitting in uh, fourth place overall, which is a like a really solid position. Um, but you're coming into what I think is kind of your home territory tomorrow. Uh, what, what's the plan for tomorrow? 
So, uh, again, uh, Chris has driven tomorrow's track quite a bit, so we're going to stick him in first and see how it goes. Um, I think it's supposed to be pretty dry tomorrow. So, yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see. We're, to be honest, we're, we're praying for rain, I think, at this point. The, the continentals really shine in the wet. Um, in the dry, uh, I think, you know, both our car and Mayfield's uh, M3 might just be a touch off the pace on the continentals. Yeah. But in in the wet, um, I mean, they, they really feel good. And so, like I said, just cross my fingers is for that rain. The, um, is that the Extreme Contact Sport? Is that what you're using? Yep. Um, so uh, based on what I've heard, though, tomorrow is expected to be decently warm and clear. So what's what's the strategy to keep the tires um, uh, alive for the full three laps? Oh, not much of a strategy there, you know still going to push 10 tenths on every lap and pray they don't melt off. Our, our strategy was we'll buy the biggest tires made. So that and... they have enough thermal, <laughs> thermal mass to, to be okay. Yeah. That was kind of the gist of uh, trying to fit the, the three fifty fives and three twenty fives was, you know, can we make it in the heat of three laps on this tire? And we're still kind of hoping that pays off. Well, I know that when we talked to you yesterday, you had said that, uh, you were expecting some tire rub and some clearance issues both on the front and the back. What did that, uh, oh, what did right. that do so, today? Uh, <laughs> okay. So last night we got to the hotel, we, we went back out and bought ourselves a battery angle grinder. Nice. And let's just say that the uh, fenders on the vet are uh, a little different now. <laughs> clearance. Uh, was yeah, it just plus, everything underneath or did you have to like was, widen the arches? It was. Okay. Nope. It was very minor. Um, you know, be, you know, really just, just the lip and it being fiberglass, it was uh, kind of a, a minor tuck and shave and we were good to go. So that, that fixed all our rubbing issues pretty well, much completely. That's great. Um, so one thing I want to talk about for today is just how much work you're, you specifically and Chris are doing to recap and capture what's happening day to day for the event for you guys. Um, tell me about when you decided that you wanted to do daily vlog type <laughs> videos for one lap and specifically because I've, I've gone to one lap with the intent to try and do that kind of uh, uh, social and whatever capture. Yeah. And it's, it's just so unbelievably hard because there's so much other stuff going on. Um, yes. How, I, how, what's your plan for sticking with it? Well, I guess, I mean, it all goes back to starting this YouTube channel and, you know, and, and starting the YouTube channel came from one lap. And when I did one lap in the S 2000, I documented almost nothing. And for me, I don't have anything to look back on. Sure. You know, I, I know, you know, you guys did some and there's photos and stuff, but I wish I had the experience captured. Sure. Yeah. And that's what started, you know, me wanting to do a YouTube channel was almost for like my own record to show friends and, and, you know, look back on all of the cool things that, uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough to do. So, now, as of late, I've been pushing to try and, you know, uh, grow an audience and watching what other successful YouTubers do. Um, I've been friends with uh, Brent from PFI Speed since he's a Colorado guy, and he's been very successful lately. 
and kind of convinced myself into this idea that, you know, I, I wonder how much I could document. And as I've been documenting more and more, you know, all of a sudden these videos end up turning into, you know, 30 minutes. Uh, <laughs> and you just can't have a 30 minute YouTube video. So I'm like, well, the only way I can document what happens at these events, you know, in a decent chronological order is if I really do release a video every day on what happened. Yeah. So, so uh, as you're going through the day, I'm sure that to make your editing life easier after the track goes cold, you kind of have to be really specific about when you turn the camera on and off so that you don't spend much time searching. Yes. What's that been like? Uh, it's been different and I feel like I've, have done better on some days. So today was probably my worst day. I, I ran the camera too much at the track, uh, recording, you know, all kinds of different conversations and, su and, and such. And, it, you know, because you go every minute, every minute you record, you then have to, there's a minute you have to watch and right. review and edit. And so if I record three hours of footage, all of it now I've got three hours just to get through the first pass and decide, you know, what the, the bulk, like you said, it's, it's not been easy. Um, it, it's different for me, but I do try and think in my head, you know, what is this going to look like when it's all done? Is this conversation something that's going to make it into the piece? So often I find myself starting the camera and then, you know, quickly turning it back off again uh, as, you know, perhaps what I'm talking about is only something that is interesting to me and not so much the audience. So uh, I guess a follow-up question to that is, um, on a given day before you start, are there things that you're hoping that you can capture in addition to the, you know, kind of the off the cuff and unscripted, uh, events or like, is there a piece of one lap that you want to show on a daily basis? You know, I guess my, maybe my ambitions, you know, my, hmm. okay. So that's a good question because when I think about, you know, um, what's missing from the coverage of one lap and generally it's these stories of people having issues or people going to help other people right and you know like today there was a uh, today one of the corvettes uh, had an engine problem and i happened to be there to be able to film it but you know generally i feel like without roaming the paddock and trying to keep in the loop with everyone it i do want to capture you know the cool things that happen on one lap but it is surprisingly difficult yeah uh, no doubt um what i can say is at least with what you're trying to do having a reliable car that's fast and near the front buys you back some time you know if you were p30 or p40 in a car that was not reliable this would be a lot harder yeah, it, it, it's not too bad um, time-wise right now. You know, our car has not had any issues. We are on the road every day early. I am currently sitting in the hotel room. Oh, man, so, you guys got there fast. So some days it's that easy. And, I ha I mean, I'm currently looking at the video. I'm uh, a minute from the end of this video, and I have everything lined up, and I'm just about ready to produce it. So, uh, some days definitely work out pretty easy. That's awesome. But if anything goes wrong during our day, this is going to be extra, it'll turn into something very difficult. Oh, yeah, that's true. But uh, I guess I want also to be able to experience what we experience. <laughs> I, I was thinking about it though, if things start to get weird. 
uh, that also makes for a lot more interesting mm-hmm. stuff on the video. Yeah, you're, you know, it, this is, uh, you know, the second day of the track of no issues. And well, sometimes when there's no issues, there's not much interesting to film. Yeah. So you got to go out and search for something interesting to, to capture. And I still wanted to kind of tell our story, but our story is pretty smooth sailing right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, um, I, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I know that you have a video to release. I'm sure you're battling hotel internet because these, these uploads probably take oh a long gosh. while. So like, last night I, I had everything ready to go. I was all excited because it was like 9 o'clock and, or 9.30. And I'm like, all right, this is going to be it. I'm going to be done in no time. And I spent till like midnight trying to figure out some way to get it to upload via the hotel internet, via hotspot, you know, phone call to Verizon, make sure I get that turned on. Turns out there's no cell reception anyway, or the local tower's slow. And it all got backed all the way up until about you know, 8 a.m. this morning when I finally got it, got it to work. So, uh, <laughs> so already struggling with that a little bit. Uh, for anyone who's listening on the show, your main social channels, I think, are Big Bad Wolf Lives on Instagram. I think I tagged you incorrectly just to your uh, your Robert Thorne Racing uh, Instagram this morning. Um, uh, yep. So you're using the Big Bad Wolf uh, Instagram. And then what is your YouTube channel in case people want to see the daily videos? Sure. Uh, and the YouTube channel, uh, not very cleverly named, is just Robert Thorne Racing. Okay. Well, uh, for anyone who wants to see what a day-to-day is like during one lap and and see some vlog-style updates, I think you're doing an awesome job trying to capture, you know, both the mundane and the very interesting, right? Because being on track is so unbelievably intense, uh, but it's really only about 10 minutes of track time followed by 18 hours of, like, slow. Yep. 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 For sure. But uh, I wish you guys the best and hopefully uh, catch up with you in the next day or so. Take care. Cool. Thanks very much. Bye. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the pits at a grid like to say hello. Hello.